So we're going to talk about first fruits. And the principle of first fruits is that the first of everything that we have should go to the Lord, or everything that God has given us should go back to God. Uh, we often talk about this in the context of, of money, but I'm not going to actually ask you to give more money today, uh, so don't worry about that. But I am going to ask you to think about how you give the money when you give it and when you give that money, the principle of first fruits. And it's really more than just uh, our money. It's our time and our talents and our treasure, all three of those things in, in, uh, included. There, are, there is a primary reason for why God gave us this principle of first fruits. And it might not be something that you've thought of before, and I'm going to get to that in a moment. But I found, as I was studying this, that more often than not, we uh, teach this principle from the secondary reasons. So there's the primary reason why God said we should give first fruits. And, and Aiden read that, and we're going to come back to that in just a moment. But oftentimes, we teach the principle of first fruits from the secondary reasons. And I want to take a moment to look at those. One of the secondary reasons that we teach people to give based on this principle of first fruits, is because we teach people that if you give first to God, then it will help God remain first, your first priority in your life. This is something that we, we teach people. If you do this work, then that will help you keep God as first priority in your life. We get this concept from 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 1 through 3, and you can Turn there, if you'd like, with me, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 1 through 3. Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I directed the churches of Galatia, so you, are also, so you also are to do. This is Paul speaking to the church in Corinth. On the first day of every week, each of you is to put something aside and store it up as he may prosper, so that there will be no collecting when I come. And when I arrive, I will send those whom you accredit by letter to carry your gift to Jerusalem. Now, you may have heard this text uh, taught in this way, as I have, that Paul here is affirming the principle of first fruits. He knew that if members did not set something aside at the beginning of the week, by the time they got to the end of the week, there would be nothing left for God or God would just get the leftovers. Have you ever heard that? We give first to God because if we don't at the beginning, then nothing but the leftovers will be left for God. This is a secondary principle of the first fruits concept. While I don't fully disagree with that, I think it's good to practice uh, first giving to God. It is not necessarily the reason, primary reason why God gave us the principle of first fruits. There's another secondary reason that is often taught when it comes to the principle of first fruits, and this is based on Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 9. And it says this, honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all your produce. Other versions will say, uh, worship the Lord from your wealth or, or uh, uh, in some really... Uh, more what we say paraphrases, show your loyalty to the Lord through your abundance, through your wealth. In this text, the idea is that we show our loyalty, we show our worship, or we show our commitment to God by giving first fruits. We show him honor by giving him our 
first fruits. I could also get behind this principle, but again, this is not the primary reason God gave humanity the principle of first fruit giving. It is not surprising, though, that these are the two purposes for first fruits that we often default to. Give first to God so that you will help to make him your first priority in your life, or give first to God so that you can show that you are honoring him and worshiping him. The reason why I say it's not surprising that we default to these two methods is because they are both about the work that we do as people. My work is to give to God and to show my priorities or to keep him first in my priorities or my, my work is to, to show that I honor and respect and love God by giving first to God. But God didn't give us this principle of first fruits so that we could prove to him that he is our first priority. And God didn't give us the principle of first fruits so that we could show to him or to anyone else that we are loyal to him and that we are true worshipers of him. This principle was given to us by God because he wanted us to have joy and abundance of joy in our lives, that we would rejoice. In fact, the primary reason for first, first fruit, the first fruits principle is it's about joy and hope and anticipation, and we're going to look at those right now. Let me show you. Turn your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 26, beginning in verse 1. Aiden already read it, but I'm going to read it again. And I want you to listen for, for the aspects of joy in this text. And while you're turning there, if some of you are wondering, I thought I came to church today because I thought Pastor Andrea was speaking. Chad sent out a note saying Pastor Andrea was speaking. She was going to, but there was a, 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 a trip she had to take this week. And for that, she asked me if I could speak. So here I am. So if you came hoping to get Andrea, I apologize for the disappointment, and uh, you can si consider this your first fruit offering to God that you are sitting here in patience enjoying this. So when you come, the Bible says in chapter 26 of Deuteronomy, beginning in verse 1, when you come into the land that, your Lord, that the Lord your God is giving you for an inheritance and have taken possession of it and live in it, you shall take some of the first of all the fruit of the ground or the first fruits of the ground, which you harvest from your land that the Lord your God has given you, and you shall put it in a basket, and you shall go to the place that the Lord your God will choose to make his name to dwell there. And you shall go to the priest who is in office at that time and say to him, I declare to the Lord your God that I have come into the land that the Lord swore to our fathers to give us. Then the priest shall take the basket from your hand and set it down before the altar of the Lord your God. And you shall make response before the Lord your God. You'll say this, a wandering Aramean was my father. And he went down into Egypt and sojourned there, few in number. And there he became a nation, great and mighty and populous. And the Egyptians, they treated us harshly and humiliated us and laid on us hard labor. Then we cried to the Lord, the God of our fathers, and the Lord heard our voice and saw our affliction, our toil and our oppression. And the Lord brought us up out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, with great deeds of terror and with signs and wonders. And he brought us into this place and gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And behold, now I bring the first of the fruit of the ground, the first fruits, which you, O Lord, have given me, and you shall set it down before the Lord your God and worship before the Lord your God. And then verse 11, and you shall rejoice in all the good that the Lord your God has given to you and to your house. 
you and the Levite and the sojourner who is among you. I don't know if you picked it up, picked up on it as I read that, but, but there is nothing in there about giving first fruits to prioritize God in our life. There is nothing in there about giving first fruits in order to show God that we are loyal to him or to show anyone else that we are loyal to him. God calls the people to come and to bring their first fruits so that they will be reminded of all that he has done for them. And what is the result of them being reminded of what he has done for them? The Bible says they rejoice. They're made glad. They celebrate what he has done. And, the, and you shall rejoice in the good, in all the good that the Lord your God has given to you. The people give, they're led to remember, and they rejoice. Is there a connection? Could there be a connection between our giving, our remembering, which then leads to rejoicing? I have a friend from Ohio. She now lives in California. And a little over 10 years ago or over a decade ago, her mom uh, got breast cancer and then it metastasized into brain cancer and she passed away in her mid to late 50s. About a year later, my friend Kelly sent out a, 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 a notice to all of her friends and to family saying, hey, I'm running in a 5K and I'm giving money to this charity to fight cancer, and I'd like to invite all of you to give money to this charity as well in memory of my mom. But she does something else when she invites everybody to give. Every year, when she invites people to do this, she shares stories about her mom, and she shares memories about her mom, and she shares pictures of her mom, and we all see them. And when she invites us to give, we give money, and then guess what we do? We share stories about her mom and memories about her mom. And even as I was thinking about this today, her mom popped into my brain, and I remembered uh, one time, my, my friend's mom, her name is Bonnie, and she's a, she was a Caucasian lady, and she went to an African-American church. She was the only white member of this African-American church in Ohio. And I remember one time when I went there with her to this African-American church, and I have to admit, I don't think I'd been to an African-American church before that, but I was there, and I was sitting in the very back row with my friend Kelly, and, uh, and her mom wasn't sitting in the back row with us. She was sitting more up front because she was a you know, better Christian than we were at that time. So we were sitting all the way in the back, not to the, any offense to the back people. <laughs> but... But we were in the back row, and they said, do we have any guests here? Well, I look around, and I realize that I'm, I, I look like a guest. So, so I stood up, and they said, hello, what's your name? And I said, my name is Chad Stewart. And they said, welcome, Chester. And I said, no, my name is Chad Stewart. And they said, Chester, it's good to have you. Where are you from, Chester? What do you do, Chester? And they were just calling me Chester. So if you ever go to the Wright Memorial Church in, uh, in, in Ohio, and you ask them, do you know my pastor, Chad Stewart? They won't know me, but maybe if you ask them, do you know this white guy that had bleached blonde hair named Chester? They might know that guy. So, but, but just, so, so I've shared that story when we've talked about her mom before, because I remember going, that's a memory I have about her mom and, and many others that I have about uh, Bonnie. But all of us are giving money 
And when we're giving money, we're, we're remembering her mom. We're, we're sharing our stories, our, our memories. The giving reminds us about Bonnie. That's Kelly's mom. And we smile and we remember and we rejoice in the life that she lived. Is there a connection between our giving, our memory, and our rejoicing? God understands us and understands how we work. There's a company in England, and it's a company that does analysis of, of, of charities and, and how to, to get money for charities. And in their report, one of their reports I read, they talked about in-memory giving. In-memory giving is when someone gives to a charity in memory of someone else. And what they report is that when people, that, that those that give to charities in memory of someone tend to give more and give more often and leave more legacy gifts in the long term. Could it be that God knew there was a tie between giving in memory of something or someone and our own personal joy? People that give in memory to something, they give more and they give more often. Why? Every time they give, they're reminded. Every year, my friend sends out this notice, and every year people give and share their stories and remember her mom all over again. There's this connection. Now, would Kelly remember her mom even if she didn't give? Of course she would. It's, it's her mom. But would it be the same way? I, I don't know that I would ever think about her except for, for in those moments. By the way, husbands and wives, what is an anniversary gift? Isn't it a, a gift of remembering a special moment in time and what has come before? How would our giving experience change if we paused and thought about all that we had been given every time we gave? What if our initial reaction was every time we were asked to give, we, we paused and said, ooh, what am I thankful for? What has God given to me? I only have $1 bills as well, and these aren't even really mine. These were Garrett Lombard's. I appreciate uh, this an 11-year-old loaning me money for the, my illustration this morning. But what if I pulled out my money and I said, man, I am, man, oh, I'm giving this dollar, but I'm grateful for the wife that God has given me. Christina has been a blessing in my life. Man, I'm grateful for my oldest son, Dayton. I'm grateful for my youngest son, Levi. Just kidding, you thought I forgot you, Landon, didn't you? I'm grateful for Landon, too. Grateful for my middle son, Landon. Thank you for calling for the offering today, buddy. I'm grateful for the friends that I have. I'm grateful to serve at the Spencerville Church. Thank you, God, for giving me this opportunity. What if, what if we gave like that? Would, would our giving change and the focus of our giving change? I don't know, but it just seems to me that giving out of response to the work that Jesus has done is a far greater motivation than giving as a work that I have to do to make sure that God stays my priority. That seems like a greater motivation. But there is something else that I, as I was studying this concept of first fruits that jumped out at me. The Hebrew word that we translate, because it's not just about looking towards the past, this concept of first fruits isn't just about looking towards the past. It's also about anticipation and hope. 
The Hebrew word that we translate as first fruits literally translates this way. What comes first or the starting point? Which I thought was very interesting. What comes first or the starting point? Those words to me, that language to me, anticipates something in the future. If it's what comes first, that means there's something else coming after. If, it, if it's a starting point, that means it's, it's something that, that is more to come. And we may think to ourselves, okay, it's, it's our first and then we gotta give more, but, but is that what God actually meant with that word? I was having lunch with Elizabeth Talbot one time. Many of you know who she is. She's Jesus 101, a great pastor out in California. And Elizabeth said to me, as we were eating Thai food, she said, Chad, everything in the Bible connects to Jesus. And I thought about that as I read that, that idea of starting point or what comes first. Is this the starting point of my giving? Is this what comes first of my giving? Or wait a second, is there something else that, that this is speaking of? And I thought about the verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse, verses 20 through 23. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall be made, all shall be made alive. But each in his own order. Christ, the first fruits, then it is coming, those who belong to Christ. The concept of first fruits in the New Testament is to remind us of Christ's resurrection, and then as we think upon the resurrection, it's to remind us not of the past, but what is coming forward in the future. It leads me, the concept of first fruits leads me to remember Jesus' resurrection, but to realize that is just the starting point. The starting point of what? The starting point of my eternal life. The guarantee that you and I can be made, can be made alive in Christ. Made new in Christ. By remembering something Jesus did in the past, I am able to rejoice about what he is going to do in the future. What if we thought about giving from this perspective? Maybe there's something in your life that God's given to you and every time you give you can rejoice in that or maybe there's struggles right now in your life and you say, man, I don't know, but the first fruits didn't remind you, but this is just a starting point. There's something more coming in the future and that is a new life, eternity with Jesus Christ. How would that change our giving? There's probably some of you in here, and I'll include myself in this, that have felt awkward when the pastor asks for, or when Ed asks us to give money, or Landon asks us to give money. There's probably times that we've given somewhat begrudgingly. Maybe there's times we felt like, oh, man. But would that all be erased if we gave from the first fruit principles of that it's based on rejoicing in what God has done and given to us? Do you know that every year when my friend sends me her notice saying, hey, can you give to this charity in remembrance of my mom? Did you know that I never once have said, I can't believe she's asking me for money again. How dare she? When you get those notices that someone has passed away and they say in memory of them, please send flowers to this or please donate this, do you say to yourself, 
these fools, why would they ask me to give money? No, you think, man, that person was a good person. They were a blessing in my life. I can't wait to give to them. What if we thought about the giving from the first fruits principle? That when we are convicted by God to give, we don't go, God, I don't know if I really want, instead we go, Jesus, you who have given me everything are asking me to give? Man, you gave me a roof over my head, you gave me food on my table, you give me friends, you give me family, or maybe if there's a struggle in there somewhere, you say, you know what, right now it's rough, but you know what, Jesus, you did give me? You gave me the hope of eternal life, and you being the first fruit is just the beginning. Would that change the entire way we think about giving? It's no longer a work that I do. It's a response to the gospel, the love of Jesus, and his life, and death, and resurrection on my behalf. So this week, and hopefully in future weeks, as you think about your giving, as God convicts you maybe on your giving, will you pause and say, Jesus, I want to give thanks to you. I remember that I was a sinner in a sinful world. I remember that I was persecuted. I remember I was in Egypt, but you brought me up out. And you are taking me into the promised land. And just see, just see if living by the first fruit principle changes your attitude towards giving. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this principle. And we thank you that you have called us to give, not because of any work that we need to do or that we are required to do for our own salvation, but we give out of response to what you have done for us. And thank you, Lord, that you ask us to give not to mourn or not to lament, but that you call us to give in the first fruits principle so that we can rejoice in remembering who you are and what you've done. Lord, before we take a dollar out, before we give online, Help us all to stop and to say thank you, Jesus. Thank you for what you've done in the past. Thank you that you are the starting point for our eternity. In your name we pray, amen.